0: Welcome to the Connecting Place Podcast. Here is today's message. Hey Believers Church, Joe Jr. here. We're really excited to be launching a brand new series today called Vine. This is a visionary series, so we're gonna be celebrating all that God's done in the last 30 years as a church, but we are more importantly gonna be looking ahead at what God is about to do here at BC through you and me as we commit to this vision together. So why are we calling it Vine? Well, Vine is a social media app that was created by Twitter, and it's a way for you to share six second looping videos with the rest of your world. They can be fun, quirky, serious, but they have to hold your attention. Why don't you take a look at a few Vines? Three
1: more you forgot to say Please. Please. Oh, yeah, I can do this.
0: A real bad jamming. Hey, those are my Doritos, you stinker. Got them. Oh no! Let's try Buster. Go! Can they You know the more we unpacked what Vine is all about, we felt like this was the perfect platform for us to unleash some brand new vision here at Believer's Church. I want you to listen to how Vine actually describes itself. They say that Vine allows you to see and share beautiful looping videos. I want to make a statement to you. The best way to be in the loop is to stay on the Vine. What exactly is the vine? We're going to go to John chapter 15, verse 5. This is kind of our theme scripture for the entire series. And this is Jesus speaking, so you know it's important. He makes a really big statement. He says, I am the vine and you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. But listen to this next part. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Verse seven says, if you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. And that's what this series is all about. What if we could ask God for some bigger And what if we could unify together under the vision that we have as a church to see a city connected with God? What could that look like and what could God accomplish if we're all in the loop and on the vine together? Now here's the second way that vine describes itself. It's life in motion. Now I want you to remember this, life in motion is a life on a mission. One of the biggest problems all of us deal with in our relationship with God and even the church is that it's so easy to remain stagnant and stay in the familiar territory where we've already been. And God in our relationship with us is always pulling us deeper and further to go into uncharted territory and take the land, do what God's called us to do. And that happens from being in motion and on mission. And here's the last thing that Vine describes itself as. They want to capture your world in a fun, and a simple way. And listen, all of this would be for nothing. If we did not at the end of the day reach and capture our world with the message of Jesus Christ. And listen, we want to do that in the most fun and creative and compelling and listen, simple way. And so as we end this segment and we prepare our hearts for what God is going to speak to us through this series called Vine, I want you to give Pastor Joe a huge applause because this is our 30th year as a church. He started it back in 1983. Let's let him know how much we value him as he comes to the stage.
1: Uh, this is an incredible series because we're going to teach on vision and you know all churches have to teach on vision all churches have to grab a vision and I think about what we've accomplished for our first 30 years it's been incredible just absolutely incredible and I tried to calculate a number and I it's impossible to to get exact numbers but it's in the tens and tens and tens and tens of thousands of people that this church whether it's on the missions field or it's in our services or it's with our children or our youth here or it's on the streets of our counties we've led tens and tens and tens and tens of thousands of people to christ and i think that's something we can just thank god for that fruit it's absolutely incredible it's incredible guys and i think of some other things we accomplished and you'll hear me say this throughout the whole day we took Christians, whether we led them to the Lord or they came here as a Christian, and we turned them into these passionate followers of Christ. And that's absolutely incredible that thousands and thousands of people have just turned into these passionate followers, and uh, they're all over the place. They're in other countries. I mean, they're, they're in uh, other other cities, other states, and we have just grown a lot of people that... I'm very, very proud of. Some of you have been here from day one, uh, or you hooked up a long, long time ago. Others, you're hooking up newer, but we're all able to celebrate together for the fruit that God's done here at Believer's Church. And when I think of vision, it always has two foundational pillars. There's no other vision a church can have but those two pillars. And as a church, uh, Jesus gives us two commissions. One is He says, I want you to find people that don't know God, they don't know me, and connect them with God through me. And so part of the vision of a church is connect people with Jesus, where they accept him and they love him and and he's now their savior. The other pillar is once somebody accepts Christ, I want you to turn them into a passionate follower of Christ. So all vision in every church is going to have that as the thread that goes through it. But what you have to do as a church, and that's what I love about 30 years, is you have to ask yourself, in the culture that we live in, we live in the 2000s, we live in the Northeast, way different than the South, way different than the West Coast. And I grew up here, so I understand our culture really well, but it's changed in 30 years like crazy. And we ask ourselves: what vision can we put together? What plan can we put together to connect people that don't know Jesus people that do how can we connect them with God in a deeper way? and that's what we're going to be sharing over the next four weeks and I love all these things. Uh, the young people here at believers introduced me to things like vine and I never heard of vine. I'm, I'm just starting to do Twitter and uh, you, you know and uh, but, but then there's all, all these other things and I can't even remember some of the names and, and I don't know that I'll ever do them but I'm appreciative of them. And I loved watching the videos we did that people put on Vine. That's absolutely incredible. But here's what it's all about. No matter what we do, it's all about the vision, the heart of God, and you and I as a people pursuing that and causing it to take place. And throughout history, God has said to his people, Hey... I have a vision, this is what I want done. And then he's given some cool instructions. So take a look at Habakkuk uh, chapter one, verse five, and God says this to Habakkuk, look at the nations and watch and be utterly amazed for I'm going to do something in your days that you would not believe even if you were told. And he did end up telling Habakkuk, but God always has these incredible things he wants to do. I believe he wants to do incredible things through us as a church. Uh, He has, but I believe he wants to take it up many notches, and he wants to do incredible things through you as a person, and he always has been wanting to do that, and when that's the case, listen to what he says to Habakkuk concerning the vision of their day, chapter 2, verse 2. He says, and the Lord answered me, write the vision, make it plain on tablets, so he may run who reads it. Now, this is a very prophetic, futuristic verse, because God said, "Write it on tablets and, and uh, iPads." You know, so so he he prophesied. He let us know these were coming, guys, and these are of God. So um, I wrote it down. It, it's on my tablet, and 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 now notice what he says. I want to check this verse out. He says, "Write the vision, make it plain," and that's what this series is all about. We're we're going to make our vision as a church very plain. It's the two pillars, but it's our strategy to accomplish them. And then he says, "Write it down." Make sure people can see it. And on your seats, you have a little green card you can take home. It, it's gonna capsulize everything I share in this series. And, and then he says, so they that see it may run with it. And running with it just means you say, yeah, I'm gonna hook up, I'm gonna become a part, I'm gonna help bring this to pass. And we have an incredible group of people here that are helping us bring these incredible things to pass. So I'm really, really excited about where we're going. Now, vision, always solves problems, always solves a problem. And uh, this vision that we have, the vision that God's given us as a church is going to solve the problem that's in this world. And God can't solve it. Here's why God can't solve the problem by himself. God has made people free moral agents. He wants us to choose and he won't force it on us. So he can't make everybody do what he wants because he doesn't want to go through eternity with people that are robots. He's given us that free will here's here's the other thing god has created this incredible thing called the local church and local churches represent god in the earth and people come in contact with god people find out about god and who he is through their experiences with the church and so uh the problem that has to be solved we have to solve it for god he he has given us a responsibility he trusts you and i to where he says you guys can solve this here's the problem there are billions of people on this planet that have not connected with God through Jesus, they do not know Christ yet. In this nation, millions upon millions, in in our communities where we live guys, hundreds of thousands of people that have not yet met Jesus, God wants us to solve that and we put a vision together that I believe can help us solve it at a higher level than we've ever solved it. Here's the other problem God has, there are millions, hundreds of millions of Christians around the globe that have accepted him, but they're not following him with a passion. God wants them to follow him. In the United States of America, millions and millions and millions of Christians will tell you, I accepted Christ, but they're not living for Christ. That's a problem to God. God wants people to live with for him. And in our community, tens of thousands of people that have accepted Christ who are not living for him, they're not following him with a passion. And, and here's what our vision's going to do. It's going to help connect them with God To where we can turn them into these incredible people who have the heart of God, who are following Jesus with a passion. So our vision is designed to solve that, and we made it really simple. It's one phrase that you can always remember, and then I'll expand on it in in this series. But it just simply goes like this: We exist to see a city connected with God. And if you were to ask me why do you do what you do, I would say. I do this, my very existence, the very reason I pastor is I want to see a city connected with God. I want to see people that don't know Christ connected. I want to see people that know Christ turn into these incredible, passionate followers. And I know the majority of you in this room, you've already hooked up with that, and I'm so excited that you're here. This is what we exist for. When I go to bed at night, this is what I'm thinking. When I wake up, as I go through my day, I'm thinking, what can we do? what can we put together, what strategy can we have to cause people that aren't connected with God to be connected. And I think about all the communities we impact, I think about the future communities we'll impact as a church, and that's why we exist. So here's what we did. We identified and put people into groups so that we know how to reach them. We we know how to take them from one place with God to another. So there's really four groups. There's a group that's not here. That group's on this side of these little symbols it's it's over here and we're fishing we're fishing in that group and we want to bring that group to here and to here and to here and and here here are the three groups that we are pursuing Uh, the first is a fan and we'll talk about that then we have this next group they're progressive Uh, it's the friend and then here's God's end game you want to know what God's end game is the follower. That's the end game of God. That's where God wants all of us to come to. So you're going to hear me talk about people that are fans of believers, people that are friends of believers. And I want you to know up front, I I, I want to articulate this very clearly. This is not about bringing people to just like us, but God works through churches. So if, if, if we turn people off, they're turned off to God. So we need to create them and turn them into fans of believers and friends of believers, and then they'll turn into these followers of Christ. And so we want to make sure you know why we do that. And I think the church hasn't understood this for so long that we are not separate from God and Jesus in the sense of representing him to people. And what people sense and see out of us, that's what they think about God. And that's really, really important for us understand as the church. So let's talk about these fans. They're incredible people. We have some fans here. I'm a Cleveland Browns fan. This is, man, we're heading for the Super Bowl this year. God, God woke me up last night and said, you will win the Super Bowl sometime in the future. No, okay. All right. Oh my goodness. I'll be stoned here. All right. I've been hugging all the Steelers fans. I love you guys. I just, I love you guys. I love you guys. Hope every team beats you. Okay, here we go. Um, here we go. Here, here's a fan to find. These are the people on the fringe of BC, uh, the shallow end of the pond. Some know God, but the majority are far from him. Our goal is to create such a compelling experience that they want to come back for more. So you've got this big pond over here, and then they come into contact with us somehow, and they say, hey, that felt good. <laughs> that, there was something there. I don't know what it was, but it, it enhanced my life. And they become fans. And we understand what we call the vehicles, or we're calling them ramps, but they're the vehicles that can take someone from this pond and turn them into this fan where they say, I, I, I'm, not, I'm not bought in. I'm not 100% bought in, but I like that church. I like that church. And it's beginning to open their heart. It's the process. And here's some of our on ramps. Uh, First one, members shining their light outside of BC and inviting their friends to church or groups. You guys are an on-ramp to these people that can turn them into these people. And I know from doing this for 30 years at the same church, you guys are doing an incredible job. And I understand none of us are perfect, but here's what's really cool. When you blow it in front of someone, you have a bad hair day, you bite someone's head off, it really impresses people when you look at them and say, the next day, sometimes it might take a couple days, you look at them and say, would you forgive me? Man, I just lost it, and, and I'm so sorry. When they see you humble yourself, that brings them to God. That gives them that good feeling like, oh, man, they can admit they made a mistake. I, I like that person. You guys are an on-ramp. And you know, as you, as you bring forth the fruit of God and, and the light of God, uh, it draws people. And they say, where do you go to church? I, I like that. And you begin to be that first on-ramp. Here, here's the second one. The weekend experience, and that's what this is right now. We're in the weekend experience, and we put a ton into this, a lot of effort. I I pray my heart out for this service. I I pray like crazy for everybody that's going to be here on the weekend. And I have prayer groups that are praying for you guys. And this is where people come in contact with God. And they may not know what it is, but I talk to first-time visitors, and they'll just look at me, and they'll say, a lot of times they'll have tears in their eyes. I don't know what happened, but from the time the song service started, and then when you preached, something happened. God did something inside of me, and many of us forget that because uh, we've been in God so long that we've already made the connect. But they're making a connect, and and they become a fan. Um, here, here's number three: attractional events. That's like Super Bowl weekend we did at the beginning of the year, Easter, at the movies, and Christmas with the family. And these are just special events you can say to someone, "Hey." Don't you come to church? We're doing this special thing. And I'll tell you what, it's amazing the people that will come that don't know God to a special attraction event that will not come uh, to a regular service. And then there's BCTV, and uh, we have created fans all over the valley, tens and tens of thousands and thousands of people that watch regularly. And you know what they say? They say, I like that church. We haven't connected them where we want to yet with God. Some know God, some don't. But the door is open. So then we have vehicles to take them to the next level. Here, here's the number five community outreach is like Jefferson Elementary or the Lazarus Project. And this happens to me all the time. I'll be in a store somewhere and someone will walk up to me. They'll go, You don't know me, but my friend teaches at Jefferson. And I just want to tell you, you'll never know the impact you have with those kids. My friend is just so excited about what you're doing for those kids. That kind of thing creates. A fan. What are we doing? Opening up their hearts to God, because we represent God. I mean, we're saying we're the church of Jesus. We're, we love Jesus. Jesus is our Lord. We gave our lives to him, so we're impacting them in a positive way. It's bringing them along. Then there's this thing called friends, and, and here's a friend. You can't be a fan forever. Eventually, we want to provide strategic on-ramps for people to connect in a deeper way. A friend is someone who has made a relational connection with the church, taking an interest in who we are, attending services, and possibly desiring to become a part. And I love to see people go from fan to friend. Now, if someone's a fan, we created on-ramps to help bring them to friend. And here's the on-ramps connect groups. And This year, we're taking our connect groups up to a level. You'll hear about it next week. You'll see a ton of them advertised in the lobbies next week. It's gonna be at the highest level we have ever done connect groups because we realize relational connections are part of our growing in God and becoming a follower. And so you'll see that. And then we have this thing called Square One. Many of you have come to it. Uh, We'll be doing it again soon. And if you've come here two, three weeks, four weeks, five weeks in a row, uh, we invite you to come have lunch with Gina and I and our staff, we have lunch with you, we take 10, 15 minutes, and we tell you this is what our church is about. We exist to see a city connect, and we share a few things, and we tell you, hey, if you wanna go further, we're gonna have this class called Next, and then we have our next class, and it just, people connect there and say, I wanna begin to help, I wanna begin to become a part, and then volunteering is the fifth one we listed, and you know what, when you put skin in the game, And it's amazing to watch people grow spiritually once they make a connection. So we have all these fans that say, you know, I want to help. And they become volunteers. And now all of a sudden they're coming to church a couple times a month. And and, and they're beginning to love God and serve God in a deeper way. And we have accomplished something that's absolutely incredible. And I'm so excited the vehicles are there. The ramps are there. But here's God's end game this is what God wants everybody to become a follower. And I'll tell you what, I know how important souls are, and, and, and I have these two kind of equal, but, but I'll tell you what, all I think about all day long is creating disciples and fans. You can ask my wife. It's like, it is, it is a fiber that goes through my very genetic system. I want to take a Christian and turn them into a passionate follower. Whether they're here or they go somewhere else, I don't care. I just want to turn them into a passionate follower because this is what God wants. He wants Christians to passionately follow him. So uh, what are some of the on-ramps, or what is a follower? Let me read that first. Here it is. Uh, This is the deep end of the pool, people hungry for God, committing to follow Jesus and do what he says. Followers are disciples making disciples. And we have a church full of followers. I, man, I love you guys. You know who these guys are? These are the guys that ask the question, 2,000 years from now, what will matter? They're just saying, when I'm in heaven with Jesus, what will matter? And, and they realize it's not the car I'm driving. It's not the house I'm living in. It's not the job I have. It's not how much money I have in savings. It's not the vacations I take. They realize all that matters 2,000 years from now, will be how many people did I help connect with Jesus who are now rejoicing in heaven with me, and how many Christians have I helped, because of the part I played, become these passionate followers who now live in these incredible mansions for all of eternity, and they're, they're loaded with rewards, and that's what's going to matter 2,000 years from now. So here's what happens to a follower in their mind. They say, well, if that is what matters 2,000 years from now, I'm going to make it matter now and they just just devote their life to following Jesus. Still work your job, still raise your family, still have fun, but your heart is just passionate about Jesus. So here's what I'm gonna do, you guys ready? I'm gonna show you the lifestyle of a follower, just give you some highlights. And as I do, I want you guys to take a little test in your mind, you ready? Here's the test. Ask yourself, am I currently a fan? Am I a friend? Am I a follower? Just between you and God. You don't have to tell me or anybody else, but ask yourself, where do I fit? And then, of course, at the end of this service, I'm going to give you a chance to say, God, I want to get on a ramp and I want to go to the next level. Some of you might be over here. You're visiting today and you're in this pond. We're so excited that you're here. So uh, here's life. uh, uh, Well, let me talk about ramps. I didn't talk about ramps, did I? Let me talk about lifestyles. It's funny. I did this so many times. Did I talk about the ramps yet? No. Not for this one. You guys don't even know. You're not even listening, Gina. All right. You're fired. Okay. PowerPoint, guys. I didn't do the ramps yet, did I? Okay. Here we go. (laughs) Connect groups. (laughs) And of course, connect groups again. We see them again on the ramps. And uh, we're going to have some incredible ones. And then here's number two, discipleship tracks. And I'm launching one, you guys, some of you may want to be part of, on Wednesday nights starting here in a couple weeks. It's an incredible discipleship track for men and women. So, and there's other ones that will be going on Wednesday nights that you'll absolutely love. Then there's leadership training. Some of you were born leaders. We just want to help you go to the next level. Then there's volunteering. And, of course, again, that's what really makes us a true disciple of Christ. You'll never really grow and become spiritually mature unless you volunteer in a church. Here's why. You need to work hand-in-hand hand with people that you don't like. They push your buttons. That grows you, and it's only in the local church where you can have that blessing, guys. And, uh, but we all need that, and we need, we need this thing called uh, faithfulness. and commitment and and that's how we grow and we hook up with a church and just like we're married to one person we hook up in a church and we say this this is where i'm putting my life and my energy and that's part of the growing that's why volunteering is so huge and so important so now lifestyle here we go kind of kind of messed up but number one you're working towards spiritual maturity if if you're a follower and so ask yourself where am i at and that doesn't mean you're perfect it doesn't mean you don't make mistakes means you're striving to grow spiritually. Here's number two, you're displaying fruits of the Spirit, and that doesn't mean sometimes you won't have a bad hair day, but uh, you'll tell someone, I'm sorry, I, I know I'm supposed to be patient, but I lost it and punched you. Sorry, <laughs> try not to do that again. All right, number three, giving a percentage of their income and honoring God with finances. Uh, this, is, this is the fruit of a follower and, and let me tell you why it's important. Whether you're here and you're wealthy or you're not, and this, all of us have to deal with it, whatever scale we're at on the financial ladder. But it's really, really important. Um, God teaches us about tithing, and what I've noticed after 30 years, it's really tough for most people to say, "Okay, yeah, I'll start there." But it's a goal. But here's what's important: become consistent in giving. Pick a percentage—one, two, three, four, five. Six. Say, God, I'm going to begin to give this percent. And here's what happens. If you're a fan, uh, if you come once, twice a year, you drop something in the bucket, maybe. If you're a friend, if you come this week, you drop something, if you miss three weeks, nothing. The next time you come, you drop something, and it's whatever you got in your pocket, and you just drop it, and I understand that. We, I, was a, I was a friend at one time, but then here's a follower. Man, God, I so believe in what you're doing. I'm gonna give this percentage. Whether I miss church or not, when I come back, I'm gonna make up for what I miss. And this is what happens when you begin to grow. You might say, why is that important? Well, the Bible teaches this principle, and here's the principle. God says, I'll be faithful to those who are faithful to me. And there's something about us, when we're faithful to God, because if God started the local church and he did, if this is God's work on the earth, how we treat it is really important. And if we throw some finances at it, God's saying, you're being faithful to me. So ask yourself, where am I at? Here's number four. Own the vision of the church, which is reaching people far from God and turning them into disciples. And number five, these people have our DNA, and they are disciples making disciples. That's what a follower is. So just think about it. Where do you fit? Now, this is the group we're going after. We categorize people. So now we learn something really cool. I had to learn this because my personality is excessive. And, um, in the early days of pastoring this church, I wore people out. I just wore them out. And, uh, cause I, I'll, I'll just work till I drop. And that's not always really good. And I would put all these irons in the fire. I'd want to do a hundred different things because if somebody else did it and works, I want to do it. And as you grow, you realize you can only do a few things well. And, uh, Uh, and and that's it, and and if you do too many things, they might be okay. Sometimes they're good, but usually they're poor, and so we picked what we call our secret sauce, and we said, what are three priorities, and I read this cool book called Simple Church. want to read a good book, read Simple Church, and it just helped me understand priorities, and the business world is the same as the church world, but the church world just hasn't gotten a hold of some things like the business world has. You only have so many resources financially and people-wise, and you have to say, what can I do? So there, there's this cool show. Uh, it's called Restaurant Impossible with Robert Irvine, and he goes in a restaurant, that's failing, and he helps turn it around. How many of you guys have watched Restaurant Impossible? Incredible show, and uh, I love his biceps. He's got these huge biceps, in. and uh, so here's the clip. I want you to see what he says to a restaurant. Do you know You have over 400 items on your menu. Wow. (laughs) This is what it looks like. Oh my God. No wonder you're having trouble. It's right there. A menu this big does two things. Keeps a lot of food in the kitchen that you never sell, which costs you money. It costs you table turns because your guests can't read it fast enough. If you do five items outstanding. It's way better than doing 400 items mediocre. What I want you to do is pick five of your top selling items. You see what happens there, the menu was writing a check, the kitchen couldn't cash. And he's just trying to help, so we asked ourselves, here's our goal, we want to take people from fans to friends to followers what vehicles what priorities can we set up to do that so we came up with three here they are Uh, one is the weekend experience and number two is connect groups and number three is volunteering and you're gonna see us push these three things at believers because they help people go from the pond where they don't know God to fan, friend, and follower And so you'll see us put incredible effort into these things and I love what Jim Collins said he said this good is the enemy of great and how many of us have said at different times churches are famous for this it's good enough <laughs> and, and you want to come to a place where you say no nah, we want to be exceptional at what we do and we want to pick the things that need to be done and put all our energies in so there's a lot of ancillary things that go around these but these are the priorities of believers so you'll see us really push these three things well in order for a church to accomplish vision it has to have values. Uh, businesses that are successful all have values, and those of you that are leading businesses and you're part of a business, you know they have values. And So we came up with 11 core values for believers, and this isn't our doctrinal beliefs, these are our, just our core values, both are on our website if you wanna check them out. They're, the values uh, that I'm gonna share are on the papers you have, the little cards that you have. And I'm gonna just, I'm gonna just hit a couple today and then we'll hit some every week. But this is what fiber God wants going through our our veins so we can accomplish these three things. And uh, you'll hear a lot of catchphrases that I might have taught in a lesson, and it so impacted the lesson that we said that's one of our core values, we're going to use that. So here's our first core value, guys. Uh, We build bridges, not barriers. We are committed to building a church where on church people are drawn to Jesus in an irresistible way. Everything we do is designed to reach people far from God and bring them into a growing relationship with Him. And you'll see scriptures that you can look this up, you can understand. So we we create an atmosphere where you can invite someone that doesn't know Jesus and this will impact them positively for Christ. It's really a cool place. And in order to do that, we have to build these things called bridges. So as a church, we're constantly building these bridges and asking ourselves, what types of bridges can we build? There's this cool book. It's called Deep and Wide by Andy Stanley. And here's a quote. This is a problem all churches deal with. Here's a quote from the book. Andy said this, as a church grows and becomes established, there's a gravitational pull towards keeping people rather than reaching people. And I, I've had to deal with this for 30 years. It just like wants to pull me in. It, it's, again, it's like, it's, it's like a light uh, that attracts bugs and then zaps them. And this, this pull just tries to pull you, tries to pull me in. It's, it's not bad to care about people. We care about everybody here, but we don't want to do it at the expense of forgetting about the lost. And so we constantly ask ourselves, are we building some bridges To reach out to those people so can i give you a quick test just a quick test i i I want you to be able to see if the gravitational pull has you are you ready when you came to church today or last week or the last couple weeks before the service and after the service what type of people do you talk to are they people you know really well are they close friends or maybe you don't talk to anybody. And I'm not saying you're bad, I'm just asking you about this gravitational pull in your life. And if you find that you always talk to people you like, you know, and you walk right by people you've never met, the gravitational force has you in its grasp. And here at Believers, we wanna look at not just the people we love, but we also wanna look at the people that are unlovable and the people that are far from God. And we wanna ask ourselves. How can we build a bridge to reach those people? It's the very fiber of our church. And I love what Steve Kelly, Wave Church says, great church, he says, you'll never be a bridge unless people walk on you. And that is so true. And I'll talk a little bit to you about some of our attractional events in a moment uh, for the next core value. But it's funny, when we did uh, we did the weekend at the movies, um, movie weekend, you know who talked bad about us? It's all the other churches, and not all, but some of the other churches and Christians around the community, and, and you know what? I've come to understand it. I understand why they do, but here's what I've learned. If we're gonna be a bridge, we'll get walked on, but that's okay, because what excites me is how many people come to Christ in our services, and that's really, really exciting. Hey, here, here's, here's um, the second core value. We are married to the message not the method. Listen to this. Our message is the unchanging Word of God. Our method is constantly changing to reach a constantly changing culture. We are fluid and flexible, ready for anything that the future throws our way. And Culture just keeps changing. Now, I think you guys have figured out I really have a a love for the Bible. I don't think anyone would ever doubt it if they come to church here once or twice. And I have people tell me, you use too many scriptures. Would you please use less scriptures? And uh, and, and it's just who I am, and it's like, oh, it's, that's how I do it and I love God's word. But here's what I learned over the years. The way I wrap it can change and it needs to change with culture. But let me tell on myself, I'll tell you a story. And this is why I understand why other churches will say bad things about a church that's building a bridge. I fully understand why all that happens. Um, Our young people came to me a couple years ago, and they said, hey, churches around the country are doing this thing. It's called At the Movies Weekend. We should do it. I said, what is it? They said, well, you show a big portion of a movie, and then the pastor gets on at different points, and he makes spiritual truths to the movie. And I looked at our young guys, and I said, that's the most carnal thing I've ever heard. The day we do a movie here at Believers will be the day I'm no longer the pastor. It's not happening. And they're like, okay, okay. They're saying, but they're getting all these people saved, and it's, it's attracting people like their Easter service does. And I don't care. It's carnal. I'm not compromising, baby. No, it's not going to happen. So a year passes, and these guys, our young people here are incredible. So they, they, uh, they approach me again, but this time a DVD. They go, hey, that at the movies is really working in other churches. Have a couple samples for you. Could you would you just listen to them? I'll never do this, guys, but I'll watch this just to humor you, so I put it in, the first one I put in was a church that did uh, uh, Groundhog Day, (laughs) and what a cool movie, and uh, so they did Groundhog Day, and then the pastor came on and talked about spiritual truths and connected it, and when it was all done, here I am pastoring a church for, at that time, you know, 28 years, it's like I learned something, and it impacted my life spiritually, I'm like, God, how could you use a movie, he said you hypocrite you watch movies all the time buddy so i know lord i can't even show the movies i watch because there's action you know bang 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 boom boom and uh and and so i couldn't even show one on a weekend you know because it's people getting hurt and things and and so it touched me and i thought you know what i think we'll do this and i was nervous about it and we did it last october and it was incredible, the results of salvation. This was, this, guys, this was the event. I had guys come up to me over and over, ladies and men. They came up to me and they said, my dad came. He's never, ever visited this church. I've invited him a in million times, but he came and he accepted Christ. And I had people come up to me and say, my kids came and they accepted Christ. And I'm like, God, you used a carnal movie. It's just blowing my mind. But He did. And what I'm learning is we're married to the message. I mean, we are not going to compromise the Bible, but if we can wrap something a little differently to attract someone, then we do that thing. Here's the next one. Let me just say this. I want to say one more thing. Vegas has nothing to say. This is Ed Young Jr., but they know how to say it. The church has everything to say, but so often we don't know how to say it. Now, Ed Young Jr. pastors this incredible church in North Dallas, and very creative church. And I think about this, and I think about Vegas, guys. Think about Vegas. All the glitter, all the beauty. And what are they really saying? We want to take your money and build beautiful buildings. That's really what they're saying. And you don't build buildings that beautiful without winning. They're winning at the gambling. But they present it in such a cool way We're all drawn to it. You know, people just go to it and do it, and they know how to market and present something, and here's the church. We have the greatest message in the universe. Jesus died to save souls, and we're kind of afraid to become creative with it, and we're afraid to wrap it, and, 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 and wrap it in something that culture will be able to grasp and we have all these religious attitudes that that have caused us to build barriers and God saying man you're not married to the method you're married to the message and it just changes everything when you can see that so that's why we do what we do in that area here's one I love you ready number three it's really cool we are generational um, we honor those who have come before us and bless those who come behind we are a church for every stage of life, thankful for what God has done, and anticipating what he will do. And I'll tell you what, 30 years ago when I started Believers, after a couple months, I was shocked. I was 24, 24 years old. I was shocked at how many 60, 70, and 80-year-olds were in the crowd. And I'd go home thinking, what do they want to hear a 24, what does a 24-year-old have to say? Why would they sit here? And I, I, I understood I had a gift, but it was like blew my mind. And then, of course, we had young people, too. And, and you know what? It's never changed. Now I'm an old guy, and we have all these young people here. And, and, and I have people tell me all the time, this, this church, I, 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 my kids won't go anywhere else, but, but they'll come here. They love this place. And these parents and grandparents love us because they're kids love us. And we are this generational church. I think of our worship and Brandon does such an incredible job blending worship. The toughest thing in the world to do is be a worship leader in a church because you're blending for every generation. And he does this incredible job to where old man Joe's enjoying it, but young people are enjoying it. And it's just, it blows my mind that he can do it. So I, I like to say this, young people, we need your energy. Old people, we need your maturity. And together, men, as a church, this is a core value. We're generational. We believe in every generation. We love every generation. And there might be some of you that are older or older than me, and you may think life is over. Here's a cool psalm, Psalm 71, 18. Even when I'm old and gray, do not forsake me, my God, till I declare your power to the next generation, your mighty acts to all who are to come. And I see this incredible group of mature, older Christians and you have so much incredible life and wisdom to put into the younger group. And you know what? These young people are hungry. They want to know everything you can teach them. And I like to say this to all the elderly people, people my age and up: If you're not dead, you're not done. <laughs> and that comes from Greg Craig Rochelle, Life Church pastor. And you need to understand: You're not done if you're not dead. Here's core value number four. It's the last one. I'll wind it up with this. It's really cool. No perfect people allowed here at Believers. And that's why I pastor here. Okay, now here we go. This is a place where it's okay not to be okay. We believe that God meets us in our mess and we give people the space to grow in his grace. And if you were here two weeks ago, I did a lesson in life with the Holy Spirit on uh, purity and how he helps us become pure or holy or free from sin. And I love the definition of pureness. Purity is real simple. It's God making us aware of what sin is and giving us the ability not to do it. And here at Believers, we realize that nobody's going to live holy without the help of God. So we're excited when someone comes in that their life is a mess. We're excited they're here because we know that in this atmosphere, God can get a hold of them and we can grow them and we can bring them to a place of purity and a place of freedom. And so that's why we have this attitude, no perfect people allow. And I love to have people, they come up to me and they say, I visited here the first time. And you know what? I never felt such such acceptance in a church. Your people just accepted me. And I have guys that are tatted. They have sleeves everywhere, you know, tattoos. And and then they have piercings all over. And they'll come up to me and they'll say, I love this church, man. Everybody accepts me. And I feel accepted. And our attitude is, hey, we just want to help you go to the next level. We want to turn you into a follower. So guys, here's how I'm going to wind it down. You ready? Here we go. I'd like us to close our eyes and look up to heaven. And I ask you to ask yourself, are you a fan, a friend, a follower? Maybe you're pre-fan, and I'll talk to you in a moment. But as you're just having a moment with God, what did God speak to you? Where are you at? And this is the day for you to say to God, I'm ready to go to the next level. And just make that commitment right now. Just say, God, I'm ready to go to the next level. I want to go from a fan to a friend. I want to go from a friend to a follower. Would you make that commitment before God right now? Doesn't matter if you're young or old, make that commitment, say, God, and then we'll help you do it. We have vehicles, and God will work with his grace, will work with you and it will happen. Now I want I want to take, I want to, eyes are closed, guys, we're in this attitude. Of, of just being before God. I, I want to I help you visualize something right now, okay? We're going to just do a little visualization exercise. I want you to think about the person that you love dearly, somebody you really love that's far from God. Uh, they may not be a Christian yet, or they may be a Christian who's just walked away or not following God. Would, would, would you get the image of them in your mind? It could be more than one. could be kids, grandkids. It could be relatives, friends. I want you each to get at least one person. See who they are. See them right where they're at now. Now I want you to imagine a change happening. I want you to imagine a connection with God taking place, and I want you to see them connected with God. I want you to see them as a fan, as a friend, as a follower. I just want you to see them making a connection with God. These are people that are totally unconnected. And maybe you're the person, and you're sitting here saying, I'm visualizing myself connected, and this is the right place for you to be. But ask you a question, guys. Now you see them You see them in church, you see them worshiping, you see them excited, you see them hungry for the Bible, you see them volunteering. They're right here rubbing shoulders with you or they're out of town and they're doing the same thing you're doing here wherever they're at. Would you be excited? If that actually happened, would you be excited? And the answer is absolutely. So here's what I want you to do right now. I want you to take a moment with me and I want you to thank God that you're part of a church that has a plan to take those loved ones to the place you want to see them. Can we just give God a clap and give Him thanks and thank Him that we have a plan here to take your loved ones where they need to be, guys. And we're going to do it. Now, let's, let's bow our heads one more time. Let's pray. Now, the person you visualize, would you just whisper their names to God? Say, God, I want to see them connected. Would you do it right now? Lord, every name that's coming up, I join with them and I pray. May the Holy Spirit connect them with God. May it be absolutely the grace of God that just pulls them in. And Lord, I come into agreement with every person here that we're going to see those people connected with you, Lord God. And as you just continue to thank God for that, can we bow our heads, keep our eyes closed just for a moment more? If you're here and and, and you say, man, Pastor, I'm not even a fan. I'm not connected. I haven't met Jesus yet. Maybe you came to check us out today and you say, you know what, even though you, know, even, even though you talked about money, I still like you, Pastor Joe. This church impacted me today. I really like what I heard. And you say, I'm ready to connect with God and make Jesus my Savior, because that's what we're all about here. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed. God sent his son to die for you. Jesus died and he hung on a tree and God placed the sins of the entire world on him, and then he was buried. He spent three days and nights in the heart of the earth, and God raised him from the grave, and he's alive. And here's what Jesus said. Whoever calls on my name, I'll save them. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed. If you're here, you say, Pastor Joe, I'm ready to call on his name today. I, I, want, I want to pray with you. Here's what I'm not asking. I'm not asking you if you grew up in the Christian church. I'm not asking you if you're a member of a Christian church. I'm not asking you if you were water baptized as a baby or an adult all great things, I'm asking you, can you remember a day when you made a personal connect with Jesus and you accepted Him as your Savior? If you can't, today's your day. Let's do it right now. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed. Everyone in the building, would you help them out? Say this after me. Say, Lord God, I repent for all my sins. And this day, I give my heart to Jesus. Jesus, I believe everything the Bible declares about you. And this day, I receive you as my Savior and make you Lord of my life. Amen.
0: Thank you for listening to the Connecting Place podcast. For more information about Believers Church, visit believers.cc.